0: The Family Community Services podcast, You Belong Here, has been developed as a tool to help increase awareness of community connection and create a dialogue about how we interact with each other. The podcast provides a space to have a conversation focused on connection and belonging, access some immediate tools, and develop a deeper understanding of the local resources available to us before we reach a point of crisis.
1: This podcast is being recorded on Treaty 6 territory in the homeland of the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 2 and 4. Strathcona County honours the First Peoples of this land. We recognise that we stand upon the land that carries the footsteps of Cree, Métis, and Blackfoot, amongst many other nations who have been here for thousands of years. Therefore, Strathcona County has an inherent responsibility to foster healthier relationships with First Peoples and further the call to action as outlined by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. This is episode three of the You Belong Here podcast. I'm Ashley and with me are two colleagues. Hi, I'm Danika. And I'm Brad. And we all work together at Strathcona County's Family and Community Services. I feel like we have not had a chance to sit down with each other in a while. Life has been busy. Work has been busy. How are you guys today?
0: I'm pretty good. Honestly, I'm blown away that this is our third podcast already. Mm-hmm. Feels not too long ago that we were sitting down, not sure how to begin and not sure how to go. And it's been an exciting ride.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and the third time it's a charm. So for those who have stuck with us, mm-hmm. you, your strength is tenacity, not giving up. So thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we appreciate it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I w- similar to Brad, I was reflecting this morning um, coming into this space in terms of how I was feeling about entering this space and certainly feeling different than I did on our first episode. So just I was reminding myself of the jitters that I had and, you know, doing something that was very, very new in terms of uh, something that we had not done before. And then kind of fast forward to today and just feeling that sense of this is okay. You know, we've had a couple of times doing this now together and uh, we've created that connection amongst each other and just feeling really grateful that, that we have this opportunity together and then to share it with others that are listening to us. Yeah.
1: Yeah, How about you, Ashley? yeah, Yeah, I agree. I, it's much different, much different coming in today than even thinking about doing our first podcast. And I think that just speaks to if you keep up with something, it gets easier each time and, um, it's, it's still hard, but it gets easier. So, yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think you begin to develop rhythms and how you take turns and how you communicate and, Mm -hmm. I guess that leads us into
1: our topic today. Yes, you're right, Brad. So today we would like to talk about how we talk to each other. Um, Connection is the foundation of any meaningful relationship, and relationships are built on emotions, ideas, understanding, empathy, vulnerability, trust, uh, so many more things. Um, But when communication breaks down, our sense of belonging breaks down, and we can feel the impacts ripple and affect all of the above. The way we talk to each other, listen to each other, and connection are all interconnected. But we cannot talk about communication without talking about listening. <laughs> what makes listening so difficult?
2: So I, I don't, so for those of us, so for the three of us, and then mm-hmm. hopefully for our listeners, um in our last episode, I introduced a poem, um, Turning to One Another by Margaret Wheatley. And interestingly, she has also written a book called Finding Our Way. And um, my first thought, if I could share with you and, and with the audience. Please uh, do, ya. yeah. So she says in her book about listening, I quote, listening is such a simple act. It requires us to be present and that takes practice, but we don't have to do anything else. And then she goes on to talk a little bit more about listening. And what stood out to me about that was it takes practice. And so I, I, I think sometimes maybe listening, while it's a simple act on the surface, um, it it takes practice to be able to learn how that how we do that. When is it, when are we being, um, having a positive interaction from our listening? When is it not so positive? Mm -hmm. Uh, So just kind of the noticing and that there's a practice in that. So I think sometimes while a simple act of listening could also pose a little bit of a complication if we're not being mindful that it's something we need to practice.
0: That is so interesting. Yeah. Um, I think there's two aspects to that that I'm hearing anyways, Um, because... First, to be a good listener, we have to know what to turn off, right? We have to avoid the distractions and the compulsion to jump in sometimes, or Mm -hmm. certainly even the defensiveness sometimes if we hear something that we're not sure we agree with or something is interpreted in a way we didn't mean. Mm -hmm. We sometimes have to move past those and try to really hear what the other person is saying. So that's an aspect of, you know, letting go or turning off certain things, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't end there because listening isn't just not doing anything in the presence of somebody else engaging with us. Mm-hmm. We have to engage in turn and listening can be an active process in mm-hmm. that way, you know?
1: Yeah, and I don't know why listening doesn't come naturally to people. I feel like as humans, you know, we, we talk, we listen, but it, it's so hard to, one, not interrupt to not put our own opinions or advice on other people. Um, three, really hearing what someone's saying. Like, there's just, it's so hard. And I know, like, we've all done. We've all gone to school for, you know, so, social work-related degrees, social sciences. And a big part of that is learning how to listen. And so we're always learning about it. We continue to learn about it. It doesn't come easy. Um, and it's something, yeah, because it's a skill. So it makes it really difficult. Um, and we understand that. And we are constantly practicing it, too, even though it's our work. It's a counselor's um job to listen, but it's, it's always a work in progress and always ways to, um, to practice that Mm -hmm. skill. And I think too, yeah, I think so many things about Mm -hmm. it. And I, because I know that I find it difficult at
2: times and it's, it's that practice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think if, 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 if I may, what's coming to my mind right now, I have an image of little children and just the wonder and curiosity that, uh, children bring into their interaction with, with one another and uh, I don't know if this has been your experience but as you know as we get older and life gets busier I wonder sometimes we lose that sense of wonder and curiosity and then that plays out in terms of how we connect with one another and Mm -hmm. if we lose that sense of curiosity when we are uh, engaging with one another if we might be missing something in our in our listening and then that has a ripple effect of of you know the impact in that relationship or in that engagement
1: right so we just assume we know what the person is exactly. going to say especially exactly. if, if it's somebody yes. we uh we know very well mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. i've heard this before mm-hmm. type thinking yeah. and i know what you're going to say and it's just that assumptions mm-hmm. and instead of
2: curing mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, just, just just wondering. Just you know. Yeah, that's
0: a really interesting concept. I hadn't really thought of it from that perspective before, mm. but I, I, I think it's very valid. We do, as we age, I think we begin to create mental shortcuts, if you will, right? And mm. I think it's very easy to put things in categories, little boxes, right? And say, oh, I've heard this speech before. I don't need to tune in. I already know how I feel about it. And that can be a particularly dangerous thing where we're just deciding do i agree or do i not agree don't need to listen anymore not going to take any more information in Mm -hmm. you begin to close yourself off and that can be a a real risk Mm
1: -hmm. yeah Yeah. and i and i think in those times too um we might be feeling stress (laughs) from all aspects and so that kind of leads to that tuning out of when your mind is clouded with high stress levels then you become annoyed you become um, frustrated easily um, and you kind of turn off your ears and like that's all my, like, I've met my tolerance level. <laughs> I'm not going to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, yeah. But even when we try hard, like when we did, I feel like when we do try hard to listen, it still is, it still is difficult. I, I don't know if you guys have like there, are, there's times where sometimes I'm watching a show and I have my phone and then also talking to somebody beside me. There's just three things going on and, yep. and it's almost like I set out to listen and like we're having a conversation but then, oh, something point on in the background. I want to see what that's happening there. And then, oh, I just thought of something I wanted to check. And then it becomes like you just drift away slowly and so I... Comment of the best intentions and then you just kind of drift away and I think oh, shoot like <laughs> what were you saying I'm sorry
0: it's almost like the process of meditation like yeah tr- trying to keep other things from coming into your mind that mm-hmm. comes the task itself and yeah. yeah I've done that before you know that time where you realize oh I've just missed whatever was on the show and flip it back 30 seconds and then you're thinking so hard oh, I've got to catch it this time that you realize that's all you've
2: heard in your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so and the then you miss it again and yeah. you're like oh my gosh okay I give up <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah well, we sure. somehow convince ourselves that we can uh, function in this multitasking kind of a mode where we know that that is not optimal for functioning and you Mm -hmm. know we we really focusing on one thing at a time is the way for optimal performance if you will so if you've got competing things and you're trying to multitask multiple things at the same time something has got to drop something is going to give Mm -hmm. and um and the listening as, as we're talking about could be something that's you falls off the plate yeah definitely yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. <clears throat> so as we talk about listening i have heard us talk about um that it, it takes it to scale it takes practice um something we often learn or continually learning and we talk about in our practice and it is active listening um and that's requires our participation it requires our effort To actively listen, what are some ways, other ways that we can actively listen um, in order to be present, in order to make sure that people are feeling heard, that we're feeling heard? What's what are your guys's uh, tips and tricks? I guess to actively listen.
2: Well, as the three of us are sitting around this table, I'm just noticing kind of the the cues that we're providing to each other. So as we're talking. Mm -hmm. We're looking at each other. Um, We're facing each other. We're providing that opportunity for us to see each other. So that's one thing that stands out to me in the active listening part is uh, that you are seen and then the other person feels like they are being seen.
0: Yeah, a a similar thought really jumped out to me earlier. um, Ashley, when you were actually saying that we've all gone to school, we've kind of studied it and yet still listening can be A difficult process and I I, I thought of that, I don't know what the science behind it is or what the actual percentage but they say that so much of communication is really body language as well Mm -hmm. and that's what I think you're kind of getting at, right? Looking at each other letting you know, oh I've got something to add to that but still waiting to hear Mm -hmm. the point Mm -hmm. Um, and holding things with compassion, you know, when people are talking showing that openness, I think that learning what we're expressing with our bodies and our attitudes and our You know, facial expressions Mm -hmm. can be really important part of listening as well.
1: So, yeah, and I I think if we notice, too, so if someone's arms are crossed, I feel like that's a good noticing that maybe, you know, you might want to take a step back. Maybe that might be feeling a little bit closed off. Um, So noticing that, um, eye contact, yeah, any verbal cues for sure, which is also what was so difficult, I think, during... um, Uh, Covid at the height of that pandemic, was not being able to to read those cues in in person. You know, can't see people's um, mouth. Things are done online. And Mm -hmm. kind of what was missing was that personal connection and being able to read body language. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, the screen, even if you have, you know, the Zoom meeting or something like that with the screen on, it it doesn't quite do it justice. You miss Mm -hmm. a lot of the subtlety there.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And even just the natural process of... um, like you said, letting each other talk I think mm-hmm. on, you know, Teams or on Zoom, it's kind of everyone pauses, and you're not know, sure if the screen freeze or you know, it's just a little bit harder to gauge who is going to speak next. So it, um, it just speaks to the importance of how much we rely on body language and mm-hmm. yeah,
2: mm-hmm. in person. We're talking about um, body language and kind of those nonverbal cues. There's also what's referred to as para communication so that includes things such as the tone of our voice the inflection in our voice the volume of our voice those can send uh, a message to the to people listening in terms of uh, how we're being received yeah uh, you know, I'm just thinking of how, yeah, you know, how important the tone of voice can be to just calming uh, the the space, mm-hmm. um, just, being, you know, presenting to the other people, the people that we're talking to, that this is a safe place, that, you know, I, I want to be here, I care about being here. So presenting the, the volume and the tone of your voice can also be really uh, part of that active listening stance.
1: Yeah, and one of, the, one of those that you mentioned, so when we... Um, talk about parenting, Um, a lot of it is when the child is upset is keeping your voice calm, like Mm -hmm. trying to keep Mm -hmm. your voice at a lower level and they'll naturally match it. And that's what we do for, um, we try to practice with everybody. And it just, if you are able to notice your level of, of um, your volume Mm -hmm. level, Mm -hmm. then other people will naturally match it Mm -hmm. to kind of, so it kind of helps when tensions are heightened um -hmm. it really helps to kind of just bring everybody down into a a better
2: space Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. what do you think about paraphrasing so um if someone is trying to express something and we're the listener uh do you have you found it to be helpful if someone paraphrases what you what you say does that give you a signal that they've listened you know i've been on
0: both sides of that it's a A delicate art, I think, to paraphrase, (laughs) because there can definitely be moments where somebody paraphrases and you realize, yeah, they've got it exactly. Mm -hmm. But there can also be those moments where they paraphrase and say, you feel like, yes, that's what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) You're just saying it again. And I don't know if that's that. uh, Did you say Mm paracommunication? Maybe it's about the tone or something in that. I'm not sure what it is. But yeah, it can go both ways. ways. And that's that's curious. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. That's true. I can. <laughs> I'm just thinking of, you know, times of, ah, you're not listening. Um, but that's a great opportunity to check in. Mm-hmm. And are you hearing it right? Mm-hmm. And if they say no and you're way off base, okay, try to help me understand. <laughs> right. So it's a good segue into, okay, I'm way off base. Let's try again. Mm-hmm. Tell me again. And then paraphrase again. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. No. So it, yeah. it's, <laughs> Yeah.
0: That quote really jumped out to me there because I was reading something uh, earlier about active listening. And the the quote was that you need to shift your stance from one of I understand to help me understand, like Mm -hmm. you just said there. And I think that's a really important one because people can be defensive listeners sometimes. Mm -hmm. And people, you know, they get the feeling of if they admit that they're not clear on a concept, that's almost like a weakness or a vulnerability Mm -hmm. that they're not comfortable with. Mm But it's very hard to have a conversation if you're focused on presenting yourself as already knowing everything Mm -hmm. that's coming up. Mm -hmm. It's insincere and there's no room for growth. Mm -hmm. So that ability to shift into, you know what, I probably don't know as much about that as Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. You've had experiences that I don't have. Tell me about that. Mm -hmm. Help me get that. Mm -hmm. That can be a really important approach to communication, I think. Just having that vulnerability and that willingness to take in new information and grow
1: yeah, <clears throat> and I like, will never fully understand um each, each other right like I can we'll never be able to fully understand what like, decisions you made uh, actions that were, t- were taken we can't um and while we can under we can emphasize and we can um be curious um that's what we want to learn it that we know that we don't understand your situation entirely um, but help me understand it better so I feel like that's a, a good point Brad one other thing I think that um, when it comes to active listening to is the just the power of silence so when we're having a conversation um, somebody stops talking as we listen. Like, oh, okay, this is our time to respond. And so feel like you have to fill in the silence um, to make it uncomfortable, to make it feel less uncomfortable. Um, but I, there's that power of silence where everyone, it, when there's a pause, it, there's an opportunity for that person to begin speaking again. So being comfortable with silence when you're communicating um, can sometimes really open up to someone just naturally sharing more about what it is that you guys are talking about.
2: Yeah, I really like that. I think um, silence also lends itself to um, potentially someone feeling like, you know, I want to be here. So you're not rushing to leave the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you say, being comfortable to sit in that silence, um, hopefully would send a message that... um, that I, I'm here. I, I'm here with you in this, and I'm going to stay in this space uh, of even if the silence is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm here, and this is where I want to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. It, it's one that took me a little while to learn. I think that was one of the latter skills that I developed is yeah, sitting in that silence. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not comfortable. It yeah, it did, oh, I real. should say
1: something mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it reminds me, I'm not sure where it comes from, but there is that quote, I think it might have been a movie or something, where somebody said, you know, we want people to hear us, not just wait for their turn to talk.
2: Yeah. And it reminds
0: me of that. Like, sometimes when you share something, you almost want that moment of silence. You want to know that they're processing it and feeling it and not just jumping in with, oh, oh, here's this other thing, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, um A lot of our conversation has kind of centered around, you know, maybe heightened emotions or, um, you know, uh, maybe feelings of um, frustrations or talking over people. So conversations that are more difficult in nature, more uncomfortable in nature. Um, And a difficult conversation really is anything that you find hard to talk about um so having a difficult conversation even thinking about having a um, difficult conversation can take a huge emotional and physical toll on us as we lead up to it as we think about it afterwards thinking like it's just it can be really heavy on us thinking about these these Mm -hmm. things we have to say to people Mm -hmm. (laughs) um we have them at work, we have them at school, we have them at home, we have them in the community. It can be asking for help, it can be um, having to set boundaries, any number of reasons why we might have a difficult conversation. Um, so <clears throat> I'm just wondering what you two, and myself of course, <laughs> uh, what are some things, uh, in addition to active listening, what are some things that we might consider to help us Um to help us consider before going into a tough conversation um to set us up for a little bit of a better experience Mm -hmm. when having
2: those Mm -hmm. the first thing that comes to mind is our intention so what are we entering that space with the other person what is our intention in that in having that conversation um and seeking safety first and foremost um, so that there is um, a place whereby there is that space for having that dialogue that could be contentious or could be uh, provoke some dissent in the relationship uh, is offering that safety. And I think that comes from a mutual balancing of like, a mutual this is where I want to be in this space um, and being clear about your intention of what you're bringing to this conversation can be helpful in just creating that, that safe space something certainly that you know we test uh, but that's the first thing that comes to my mind is our intention
1: yeah Mm -hmm. and i think when you uh, talk about safe space so it's that intention and making sure that you that that we are coming into it with good intentions Mm -hmm. not to Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know try to bully somebody or Mm -hmm. try to put your own agenda so it's that psychological safety and then there's also um the physical safety or where where are mm-hmm. we having this conversation is mm-hmm. it um, is it safe to talk here are there other people listening like that physical environment mm-hmm. of where you're having the conversation mm-hmm.
2: and there's no guarantee with intention <laughs> yeah. so even with the best of intention We're not guaranteed that the other person is going to receive that and know what our true intention is. So it is a little bit of a a risky (laughs) engagement you know, because we don't know how the other person is going to perceive it. Mm -hmm. So that's something we don't necessarily have the control over. But if we're bringing our our genuine intention and we disclose that, that's, I think, a good starting place. I I
0: agree. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it comes down to honesty as well, in my mind. And honesty can be about what we say and also what we don't say, right? Because it's important to be truthful in what we say, but also to be sure that we're saying our truth sometimes. And I think in those difficult conversations, it's, it's occasionally important to let the person know that it's difficult or even why it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't all share the same triggers and we don't all share the same values or emotional states. Mm-hmm. So sometimes just saying, oh, you know, this is a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to slow it down. Maybe we need to do it another time. But here's where I'm at, and I want you to know that. I think that can be a real tool. Mm -hmm. Um, It's natural sometimes to try and hide Mm -hmm. when we're vulnerable or when something is difficult for us. Mm -hmm. We don't want to seem weak or we don't want to Mm -hmm. upset the person we're with. Mm -hmm. But sometimes taking a moment to just identify that and put it out there and let people realize it Mm -hmm. can be a
2: good step. Yeah, That that sends a message of caring, I think. You know, that honesty Mm -hmm. that you offer. That's how I'm kind of taking what you're saying is yeah and and trust yeah
0: right you're willing to put it Mm -hmm. out there Mm
2: -hmm. and i feel like it's also an
1: invitation too so you're willing to be honest and vulnerable and say this is hard for me and so i feel like then it's just inviting the other person like okay um you know i feel the same way like let's try to work this out so it's about you know inviting um, others
2: to feel safe in in having those conversations too like like "Ah, Mm that yeah Mm -hmm. And it's okay to step out of that space. So if things are not going well, even after you've declared your intention, you're expressing your care for being in this space and you've established that mutual purpose of, you know, having the conversation, if things don't go sideways or don't go well, I think it's okay to to name that and maybe to, to... you know, to take that pause Mm -hmm. and to step out of the conversation.
0: I would say it's almost essential (laughs) sometimes. (laughs) Yes. Um, The unfortunate truth of communication is sometimes it drifts into conflict, right? Mm -hmm. And if we recognize that, I think it can be really good to say, Do we want to take a moment, a day even, you know, as much time as you need to get back to that place where you're processing things better? Uh, You know, there's a lot of studies into, you know, adrenaline and IQ and the effect that high emotionality can have on our interpersonal and social skills. And we're just not at our best when we're riled up and extremely upset about something. So I think that's such a key skill to be able to say, I'm not communicating my best right now. Let me try again in a little while.
1: Yeah, so checking in with your own personal boundaries of, exactly. of and your own personal cues of, oh, no, like I'm starting to get mad. I'm starting to, you know, talk over this part. Like So it's checking in with yourself and mm-hmm. those cues, and it takes a while to understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a part of that is, you know walking away and and self-reflecting what what went well what could I do better next time um that sort of thing it all takes it all takes time patience practice self-compassion um it's not easy absolutely not easy (laughs) um one thing too very simple again but very easy to forget is taking a deep breath so just releasing the tension before you go in, before you open that door, before you pick up the phone, just letting your breath out. At mm-hmm. Maybe after when you leave, like whenever you find the time, um, it's just a really good reset. And like, okay, I can do this. And build yourself courage mm-hmm. of, of whatever it is that you want to say. And, and yeah, yeah. And all of this is, again, uh, ways to... Help our connection with each other, and feeling that trust, being able to emphasize, being able to, to to live with each other and work together, and have family, and it's all
2: to kind of help that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of our listeners in terms of um, a potential takeaway, so a skill that um, a listener could take away from our conversation. And uh, something that comes to mind is the tool or the skill of contrasting. So this is. Um, something that we can do when the conversation is not going well. We can clearly um, explain what we don't intend for the conversation, and then clarify what you do intend. Mm-hmm. So just as an example, um, you could, in terms of the don't, you could say, I'm not looking to blame you um, right. for what went wrong in this meeting. And then you could say for your due statement, you could say, "I just want to find out how we can identify what did go wrong, so that we can prevent that in the future." So providing that contrast potentially could open up that space for some clarity yeah. in the in the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that's
0: excellent. It sounds that's easy, but <laughs> it's practice, right? Yeah, you know, it's it
1: practice. all sounds. It's, it's that is, and that's the hard yeah. thing is it all sounds like yes, I can do this, and then and then life happens, and so it's very like hear us out like we uh, it's hard and we practice it daily Um, and we we do that because we know it's so important
0: it is and yeah it's so much more complicated th- th- as you <laughs> drill into it than you might expect. We've we've covered a lot of skills today and a lot of different viewpoints and a lot of things to try or to avoid. And I guess, yeah, to all the listeners out there, I'm wondering, what are you noticing in yourself or with someone else in relation to connection, belonging, as you're listening to this episode today? Is there one new thing you can try or something you can do differently in an upcoming conversation to make something better for yourself or someone else? try to take notice of any impact on that conversation or relationship.
2: Thank you, Brad. That's a really lovely uh, call to action for our listeners. So And so Brad is kind of uh, patting himself on the back right now. Yeah. You can't see it. <laughs> well done, Brad. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so before we sign off this episode, we want to bring your attention to some of the resources available for you at Family and Community Services. At Family and Community Services, we offer walk-in counseling services on pay what you can afford um, model. Our counseling focuses on your strengths, what is important to you, and you gaining a deeper understanding about the changes you want to make for yourself. You will leave with an action plan based on the next steps and that you want that you want to take.
0: Another resource is solutions navigation, and that's also offered on a walk-in basis. Meeting with a Navigator is free, and with the navigator's support, you can access financial resources and housing information, receive help to untangle complicated situations and figure out next steps together, apply for subsidies, including reduced transit rates, recreation access, tax rebates, obtain support filling out forms and applications, and have a caring individual who will sit beside you to listen, understand, and help you to further your goals.
1: Uh, lastly, our Family Resource Network, it provides programs and services for families with children and youth ages 0 to 18 years that focus on well-being, resiliency, um, and it has programs to support healthy child development, reliable parenting information, and connection to other local resources. They are, always have a full calendar of programs, which can be found online, strathcona.ca slash families. And so that is it, my friends. That is the end of episode three. Uh, we hope the discussion sparked some conversation for you, gave you something to think about and action for yourself. Uh, we do encourage you to reach out to others in your community to keep the conversation going. If you have any questions, comments about today's episodes, please reach out to us through our social supports call line 780-464-4044. And we will continue our conversation in the next episode. Uh, about how stigma or fears prevent us from seeking support on behalf of brad Danica, and myself we thank you for joining us today bye for now bye everyone
0: bye everyone thank you